want to uh, share with you for a few moments tonight. I want to pick up where I left off on Sunday morning. And uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. We look at this promise here and he said, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think according to the power that works in us. Amen. We said that this scripture not only connects us to the exceeding abundant above all one, but it also connects us to the power that is working in us according to the power that works in us. And so when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is a power that is working in you to do exceedingly abundantly and above all. Amen. It does exceedingly, abundantly, and above all. So we should always ask largely of God. We should have lofty thoughts. We should think uh, largely of the God that we serve. We, it's hard because there's nothing to compare God to. Amen. Uh, other things you can compare to, but to God, there's nothing to compare to. <laughs> whenever, whenever you compare it to the greatest thing that you can imagine, the smartest Einstein of the world, does, it pales in comparison to the intelligence of God. Whenever you think of God as a creator, you think of the greatest inventor in the world, and yet God supersedes that because he has created everything. And so when it comes to looking at him as a father, and we know there's many types, but, but when you, you can have the greatest father in the world and still you cannot compare an earthly father to the heavenly father, only in that, that, that what they are supposed to be. But he supersedes all of that so greatly that there's nothing really to compare him to. But he said to ask largely of him to have lofty thoughts toward him because he has given us a power that is working in us to do the exceedingly abundantly and above all in our lives. And so uh, we talked a little bit here on Sunday that a lot of folks want to downplay the Holy Spirit, but it is the greatest gift that God ever gave the church. The greatest gift that God ever gave the world was Jesus Christ, but the greatest gift he ever gave the church was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that empowers us, equips us, and causes us to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all. And so with the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, then there is nothing that is impossible. Amen? And so this is what I told you that I've been hearing is simply this, that we don't, we don't have a problem believing that he is able, but I, I believe that we have a problem believing that he will. We don't have any problem at all that God is able to do a thing, but our problem lies in will he do what he's able to do. But I believe tonight he is able. I said, I believe he is really able and I believe as equally well that he will do what he said he was going to do. 
because he said that he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, but that he watches over his word and hastens to perform it. And so what he speaks, he desires to bring to pass. This isn't a, a verbal, a verbal, a verbal carrot that he hangs out over us, dangling over our lives to see how high we can jump or how long we can hold on. But it is his good pleasure to give gifts to his children. And so therefore we come with this understanding that what he has told us, he desires to come to pass. He will do it. Jesus said unto them, if you can believe, all things are possible to them who believe. And so our our problem is not in his uh, ability. Our problem is not in his willingness. The problem lies within us to believe. Believing that he will. Believing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Believing that God is, is not only able, not only will he, but that he, he, if we believe that he will, then he will. Right? If we believe that he will, then he will. And the reason why that people have quit giving altar calls, and I know it won't be popular, but the reason why people have quit giving altar calls for people to be delivered is because they think God is able, but they don't know if he will. And we've quit praying for the sick because we know God is able, but we don't know if he will. Amen. And so we shy away from it. We pull away from it and we tell the story from the standpoint that God is able, but we're not certain to demonstrate that he will. And so we, the church, have to come back to a place of not just having a form of godliness, but we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, working in our church, working in our families to bring about the perfect will of God into the earth right? And so this is what I want us to to look at here tonight. John chapter five and verse three. It's a very familiar scripture of this man that is laying here at the water, right? John five, verse three through nine. Then these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, Uh, waiting for the moving of the waters for an angel went down at a certain season in the pool and troubled the waters and whoever uh, the first after the troubling of the waters stepped in was made whole of whatever disease they had and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years and uh, we've talked about that before that the the, uh, power of permanency and how that after a while uh, we think that it's permanent right After a while, uh, 38 years, it would seem like that's a permanent thing. Don't be trying to deal, uh, you know, conquer it. Just learn to deal with it. And so Jesus came to take away the permanency, right? And then in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying, he knew that he had been there now a long time in this case. And he said unto him, will you be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the waters are troubled to put me in into the pool. But while I am come, another steps down in before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. He says at a certain season that an angel would come down uh, and trouble the waters 
and whoever stepped into the waters would be healed. And now he said is a certain season. A certain season means a certain season. Isn't that profound? A certain season means a certain season. This is a specific time that is held for healing to take place for the first person who steps into the pool. But as this passage of scripture unfolds, Jesus reveals that because he is present, that healing is no longer a seasonal thing. That no longer is it a selected time or for a selected few. But when Jesus came, according to God's word, we are healed by his stripes. And for our sakes, he was beaten severely. He, he was, his flesh was torn off of his back. His muscles were pulled from the bones, leaving his back completely exposed and open. And yes, this is for our healing. This is for your healing. This was for my healing. This is for those who went before and those who will come after us. When his back was opened up, healing was opened up once and for all, for all of mankind. So that it was available, not just when the waters were troubled, but it was available for any time, for anyone, anywhere that who needed healing, they could receive healing because Jesus opened up healing till now it was no longer seasonal, but now it was for whosoever will. Amen. And because of this great sacrifice that Jesus made to purchase our healing, uh, it, it, it bothers me that, that no longer do we believe that he will. No longer do we believe that, that you know, used to be all the churches, well, most of the churches, at least the circles I was in, you would always pray for the sick. You would always pray for people to receive more of God. And today you can have an altar call and people are not even uh, uh, accustomed to that. You can give an altar call for somebody to for more, come closer to God and, and, and not even a quarter of the congregation will come to receive. It's because we know he's able, but we're not convinced he will. Amen. But I don't know, I don't know that, that there's ever a time that we ever come to a place where that, that, that we don't need more of his presence, that we don't need more of his Holy Spirit working in our lives. And so it, when we look at this, this, we see that many churches today, and, and I, I preach from a standpoint and including myself in this, but we've got to come to a place of understanding that God has provided this for us. And so therefore we have to believe that not only is he able, but he will. And so if there is an act of faith of people that will step out to believe, then we come to a place of contact and agreement that the word of God will be activated in their lives and healing will take place. At that moment, amen. But when, when you see, when you're sick, you don't need help, you need to be healed. <laughs> when you're sick, you don't need to be helped, you, you know. Uh, and I, I know, you know, sometimes people pastor differently, but whenever I go to the hospital, I don't go to cheer you up, I get go there to get you out. 
Amen. I'm serious. I don't, and I hope that you're cheered up by my being there. You understand? But I'm, I'm not going there just to make you feel better about your situ, bad situation. I'm coming there with the word of the Lord and come in contact with faith believing that God is going to raise you up from whatever that is that's put you in that bed. Amen. And so we don't need uh, help. We need healed. You don't need strength. You need a devil busting anointing. You need a miracle working power that will be released into your life so that whatever has come against you, whatever is that attached itself into your life will have to loose its hold upon you so that you can be free from that sickness, that infirmity or that disease. Amen. And unfortunately, even the churches that still pray for the sick and healing is still seasonal. This is, and I'm not preaching, I'm not preaching, I'm not telling you that we won't never have a healing service here. But this is what the Lord spoke to me uh, 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 several years ago whenever I was going to have a healing service because that's what I always did. And he said, if you'll quit making it a th- a, a, an, ex- uh, an event and start making it an experience, then I'll start healing people every service. And so sometimes we wait for, you know, Benny Hinn, we wait for, you know, Catherine Kuhlman, right? We wait for the, the healing event to take place so that we can go get our healing but what about if we turn that thing till we had a dna in this church that we believed that not only is god able but god will heal you and so every service we pray for the sick every service we believe god for whatever need that you have in the house and let there be faith to release into the house the people that'll say yes i believe god will and so we bring our faith together corporately and we see God do miracles, healings, and deliverance every single service. Amen. Because how many know not only the world, the Bible teaches us that healing, the miracles are not for the believer, they're for the non-believer, but how many know there's a lot of non-believers in the church? Amen. I'm not, I'm not being ugly i'm just saying people haven't ever seen it so they don't believe it amen doubting thomas we we and it's because we've we've heard all these good stories we've heard all about the bible but we haven't seen it with our own eyes and so we don't believe that god is able but oh how i want to see god do it in this hour how I want God to see, to see it done. I spoke a little bit about it on Sunday morning, but I don't want it to be just in the mission field. I want it to be, amen, right here at the tabernacle of praise that we can say that God is healing on Sunday morning. He is healing on Wednesday night. People are being delivered from their bondage and their addictions because they believe that God is able. Amen. Believe that God is able. Hallelujah. People have not been exposed to the gifts of the spirit. They've not been exposed to the supernatural. But how many know we are supernatural people? So supernatural things should occur every day of our lives. Huh? It shouldn't be something that becomes normal to us, but it should be something that happens on a continual basis. 
That's the problem. We, we make the move of God and the, the spirit of God, we make it normal, become normal till we don't celebrate it. We don't honor it. But we can't do that. But we have to allow it to become a second nature in our lives until even though that we see it, we always stand at all that it happens. Because when God truly uses you, it doesn't make you haughty or high-minded. It humbles you. Amen. It really does. Whenever you can see God's handiwork and see his provision and his supernatural in your life, it doesn't make you think that you're so super duper. It humbles you that God would use you. Amen. Jesus didn't suffer what he suffered just so we could experience an occasional supernatural move. That we could experience a, every once in a while healing. No, he, he, when he went to that cross and he bore those stripes, he, he opened his back up. And it means that when he opened his back up, it opened heaven up to us. It opened up healing to us. It opened up the supernatural to us. That we understand that it is available to us, to anyone, everywhere, at all times, if we will only believe. Amen. And so we've got to rise up to this thing. I told you a few months ago that that we've got to have some faith in the house because I'm going to preach some things and I have already this year, but continue on that that we're going to it's going to take some faith to bring it to pass. It's going to take some faith to grab hold of it and believe God for it. But I believe that we're going to have more than a revival. Thank God that's the beginning. But we're going to have an awakening that is going to shake our city, that will shake our region, amen, and change and transform us by the power of a living Christ. Amen. I believe that. In John chapter 5 and verse 7, he, said, he, he goes on and he says, Sir, I have no one to put me in the water. And when the waters are troubled because of that, I keep missing my season or I keep missing out. He missed the certain time. In other words, he is missing his season was the reason for the lack of manifestation in his life. Jesus simply responded to him when he said this is the reason that it hasn't healing hasn't manifested. Jesus turns to him and says rise take up your bed and walk. Amen. He was Jesus Jesus was proving a point here. He was declaring that when he was present that there was no longer such a thing as a season of healing. He was proving that the waters don't have to be troubled. I don't know. I can only think when I read this, he's, maybe he told him, look at the waters. <laughs> and they're just still as they can be. There's no troubling. And Jesus said, now get your bed up and go. Amen. Why? Because you're waiting on a season. You're waiting on an event. But he said, I'm here now. I am present now. And because I am present now, I've removed the seasonal thing of healing. And now it is available at all times. Amen. It's available anytime to anyone. You stop thinking in seasons and you start uh, responding to sickness and you say I can only get healed when they have a miracle service I can only get healed if this guy's in town I can only get healed if I send this guy money (laughs) I shouldn't have said that 
I, I can get only get healed if I, I have this person pray for me, right? And because we're thinking seasonal, but we not have to understand that, that we don't have to worry any longer about seasonal. Stop thinking that seasons is responsible for your situation or for your condition. Because stop thinking that that season is responsible for the reason why you have not received your miracle yet. That nothing has happened yet. Stop making a season responsible for a lack of manifestation in your life. This man kept missing his miracle for, and said the reason that I keep missing my miracle is because I'm thinking that this miracle is limited to a season and Jesus steps in and says now the season of miracles is over. The season of healing is over. I am your healer. Glory to God. And so I thank God today that I can announce that 2,000 years ago Jesus canceled the season of healing and said now by my stripes you are healed glory to God amen if you can believe then all things are possible to him that believes when I come to this understanding I could then understand how it was that that woman with the issue of blood could speak and declare her moment of healing Amen. Because now the season was over for healing and she said in her heart, when I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. (laughs) Glory to God. And so her faith was this. I I don't know. I don't know. But I just believe with that, that kind of faith, she could have stayed on the porch and said, when he passes by, I'm going to be made whole. But she took her act of faith to a level to say, this is when my miracle moment is going to take place. The moment that I touch his garment, I'm going to be made whole. And so we have to have that kind of expectation when we go to prayer. Amen. It may not, it, some, it don't, doesn't necessarily have to be in a church service, but we can have a, a, use it as a miracle moment to say that on Sunday, when I come to the house of the Lord, I'm believing that that's my miracle moment. When I come on Wednesday night, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to have the saints pray with me. And when they pray with me, I'm going to receive my breakthrough. I'm I'm going to receive my healing. I understand that some things are seasonal, but what Jesus did was remove the season of healing that day and said, now, if you'll only believe, amen, if you'll only believe, then I will remove the season of miracles with healing for you to only believe. I understand that there are some things that are seasonal. We understand that through scriptures. But healing is not one of them. Your healing is not trying to catch up with you. You need to catch up with it. Your miracle isn't waiting on you. Or you're not waiting on your miracle. Your miracle's waiting on you. All things are possible to them that believe. So when is our time? Our time is now. Our time is now. I wonder how much expectation we have for a Wednesday night. 
Thank God you're here, but is there expectancy? This, I'm just a thought to provoke you. Did we come with expectancy to believe that God, we would meet God, the God of the universe? That we believe that we come here to, to not only praise him, but after we begin to praise him, he begins to serenade. He began, the Bible said he sings over us. Amen. And so do, do we come with that kind of expectancy? Sometimes it's easy for us to call, fall into a path, isn't it? Of just going through the steps that we always go through with never having a real expectation. Not just Wednesday night, but Sunday mornings. Anytime we come together, do we come with that expectancy that God is able? And that he will. Amen. Oftentimes when I pray for the sick, I'll ask them, when do you believe that God is going to heal you? I've had some people tell me, I hope he does. And I know you probably think I'm ugly, but I told them, come back when you think he will. Because if all you have is a hope, but you got to believe that he will. Amen? If I remember right, sis, whenever I prayed for you, I asked you that, didn't I? And what was your response right now? And did he do it? (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And that wasn't no super duper revival service. Wasn't it just a Wednesday night? Just another another Wednesday night. <laughs> Amen. Just another Wednesday night in the tabernacle of praise, and God put a new rotary cuff. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. And so we just have to come with expectancy. We just have to come believing. We have to come believing not only is he able, but that he will do a thing. And so that's what I want to do tonight. I, wanna, I, wanna, I haven't come with a whole lot. In fact, that's what I've come with. I just come to, to, to stir up your spirit, stir up your mind of thought to provoke you uh, to righteousness. And, and to say to you, let's come together believing that he will. Do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think. And then I just want to have some time tonight to practice our faith. Man, doctors practice every day, so why not us? Amen? Just practice our faith. Just just put it out there and believe God to do something significant, something extraordinary. And then I just, there's a couple of things that are heavy on my heart I want to pray for tonight. But uh, Pastor Jamie, if you could come, just play a little something tonight. If, it, if you're here tonight and you need healing in your body, you need God to touch you in a supernatural way, I just want you to uh, come tonight. We're just going to put our faith with yours and just believe that God is not only able, but he will. He will heal you tonight. Amen? Praise God. Stand with me this evening.
you need healing in your body, just come. We're just going to pray with you and agree with you tonight that God will do it. Amen? Praise God.